Hi everyone, this is Dan Tellerico from Matrix Solutions with another great podcast for you today. We were recently at the radio show down in Austin, Texas. We had a booth there on the show floor and had the wonderful opportunity to interview a number of people that came by the booth to check out Monarch. So in this in today's episode, you'll hear from publishers, you'll hear from salespeople, you'll hear from technology people. Um, we got a whole variety of people talking about, you know, what, what does the future of the industry look like? What problems are they running into? What solutions are they finding? How are they selling digital? How are they using data to make intelligent decisions? So you'll hear all that and more on today's episode of the podcast. And also, I do just want to give a quick shout out to, we have a conference coming up in January, the second annual media sales symposium, which is an awesome event that we put on. Um, this is our second year doing it. It's in San Francisco in January, and we are going to have thought leaders and interesting people come in to talk about, you know, the industry as a whole, what's going on um, across all sorts of verticals. We'll have people from TV and cable and radio and digital, um, people talking about programmatic and, you know, new standards and mobile and advertising. And we want this to be an event that you could go and learn actionable insights that you could take back to your sales organization and say, hey, here's what we need to do to prepare for the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years, um, and arm you with the insights and knowledge to sell better um, and, and improve your sales organization. So if you want more information about that, you go to matrixmedia.com conference. Um, it's really awesome. We're so excited to put it on. Um, other than that, you know, enjoy the show. We have some really awesome interviews coming up here, and we hope you love it. All right, so three, two, one. Hi, everyone. This is Dan Tallarico, live from the radio show floor here. And, and right now I have with me... This is Reza Hariri, EVP of Sales and Radio Engagement for My Mellow. So, Reza, tell me, what do you see going on in the industry right now? And what is, like, kind of changing, specifically in, like, the digital landscape? So, I think the main thing going on in the industry is radio is getting a bad rap. Oh, it's, that's it's not sound good. Right, but it's still uh-huh. 93% engagement. Mm-hmm. We're still a 6 to 1 ROI. But whether it's the press, whether it's our own industry, whether it's all the firings because revenue's been down, we're not giving us ourselves enough credit. Right. And constantly, year in, year out, we're broadcasters first. Technology's always come second in radio. They're always the last one to do it. And they see this digital pile of money, they think, by just putting up a banner or Boom. getting their website. Millions, right? There's the $75 million that all these other publishers that are specialized in digital and growing that revenue we can take away from. And right. So one of the things I see is there's great opportunity. If radio can catch up to technology, mm-hmm. if radio can really understand how to monetize digitally. So where, from the technology point of view, where does that come into the, the play there, right? Who's 
responsible for that? Is it the radio stations? Is it consultants? Like, where does that I education come from? you've got to go to real tech guys yeah. who also understand broadcast, right? Mm. I mean, I think radio guys, at the end of the day, I was a broadcaster for 20 years, and we'd say, let's go sell some digital, and, hey, grab 100 bucks off the spot and put it on a banner. I think we can make money. Right. right? We don't think the way these guys do on the tech side, and when they can see a problem, find a solution, and because they understand engagement and what people are playing with online, we can figure out a way to actually engage people, keep our audience on, don't redirect them and make money. Right. And so, like, kind of that mentality, I think, is so funny, right? Just like, oh, we'll just add a $100 right. on here or there, boom, Take we sell the digital spot, now. do that, yeah. Um, people still do that. A lot, right? We, we just, I mean, you go through budget process, grow my digital budget, $5 million this year. You're not going to do it 50 bucks, 100 bucks, a banner that you're stealing from your right. spot side. So do you see, like, um, teams, like, what for a, radio sh- for a radio company that is, like, sort of building out digital, what do the teams look like? Is it a hybrid approach? It or can, is it, it more, be. like, okay, we have a digital team and we have, a, like, a traditional team? I mean, we had an intercom, and, and you know, you had a hybrid team. You had people that could do both, and mm-hmm. that's always exciting. But the guy who sells digital and you bring over, that's going to have a hard time with radio because radio is constantly flux and change and right. fast moving, where they're very by the point, and I got to get you this impressions and this campaign. Uh-huh. I got to optimize. Whereas the radio seller gets frustrated because digital moves so slow as far as the sales process. So I, I don't know if that's the key, but what if you could make radio a brick and mortar? Use your technology to make money off each one of your listeners. Right. What if it's a dollar a month, like Intercom San Francisco has 4 million listeners a week. What if I made a dollar a month off each one? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying charge for radio, but there's things that we turn away that other people make money on that radio could actually get in, and that could be some of the way you can right. grab some of this digital money. Do you have examples of that? I mean, for instance, whether it's ticketing or whether it's downloads, uh-huh. radio because the record labels want to re-engage with radio, can actually set up some contracts with the labels to re-engage and actually make money because the labels make more money when they're downloading their music and on your station sites rather than an Apple or something else. They charge them a grip. That's interesting because we work with a lot of publishers and a big thing for them now is, okay, let's put put up that membership wall and let's monetize our members better, right? In addition to ad revenue because it's like reliable... um, renewable revenue. So, I mean, do you see radio moving in that direction then, where they offer almost like a premium experience? You can. I don't know if they moved into that because radio, you know, prides itself on being free. Uh Not saying don't be free, but again, like you said, there's a premium premium opportunity and your listeners are spending that money elsewhere. Uh Your listeners actually spend $1,700 a year on entertainment, on tickets, on download, on music, and you get zero of it. Right. So we're not saying charge them to listen to radio. But be figure a part out a way of that. to figure yeah. out a way to be a brick and mortar and everything that you're promoting, you should be able to sell as mm-hmm. well. Because radio I think is in a very unique spot because it is so community focused, right? Like they're so part of people's everyday lives. They have the trust, right? People trust them. You have they have the personalities like they're in a really good spot to capitalize on all of that. Well, they have the original Facebook influencers, right? Right, totally. I mean, the personalities were the original YouTube guys uh-huh. and Facebook guys. That's the people you listen to to do and go to places that you want to go to. 
But I also think that the community aspect is very important, right? You mm -hmm. brought that up, and that's what radio's built on, local personalities, community. Right. But they're even losing a little bit of that because now people go to Facebook to see mm. what's happening in their community. People go to Yelp to read the reviews. We want them to come to radio first. Right. Come into the trusted source. Come into the personalities. Come into the community because we actually are a part of it with everything that just happened in the hurricane in Houston. It's broadcasters that were out there right. helping and telling people where to go mm -hmm. and, and being kind of that calming influence. Right. And being so instant, too. Right? That's something that... That's the thing we always forget, right? Right. It's so instant. It's so immediate. It's there. It's something that a podcast can't do or, you no. know, maybe even like a YouTube video, right? Right. Exactly. Um, which is interesting. So what do you think radio in five years looks like um, if they go, if they make all the right decisions? So, like, what, how do they combat sort of like social media and these other influencers and like how do they retain their foothold? I think they'll be more engaging. Mm -hmm. I think they will cater to the individual rather than, I mean, in radio, I was always taught you're talking to one person, not a million. Right. And we've gotten away from that. Mm -hmm. We've gotten away from programming stations differently. You're programming an R&B station in San Francisco, same way you're programming a station right. in Atlanta. Uh -huh. With the same type of personalities using the same humor. Well, somebody in San Francisco doesn't get that humor mm -hmm. or doesn't necessarily gravitate towards that style of R&B. We have to look at it regionally. We have to look at it individually. And we also have to see what is it that makes people want to stay? Why would they engage with our websites? Putting up our calendar and a couple concerts uh -huh. and 50 million ads because we just sold and we have to figure out a way to place all these ads because we told these guys for a thousand bucks, I'm going to get you this many impressions. We've got to be more relevant ad-wise. Put the ads that are relevant engage the audience, make them want to stay, make it dependent rather than a sticky feature. I don't want to go on a radio website to see Kim Kardashian shave her head. Right. I want to go on a radio website because I need it. Right. It's a tool that I can use kind of like online banking. Right, totally. It's real, it's immediate, it's there, and like it's very hyper-local to, yeah. you know, your zip codes. Absolutely, right? absolutely. And to you as an individual, absolutely. your taste and your genres and places you like to go to, I should be able to speak to you, have your digital space on my website, talk directly to you, and then when I go on it, it should be talking directly to me based on my likes and everything, and that's not hard to do with the right technology. Right, the right technology. So, I think the technology definitely, do you think that it needs to catch up, or it's there somewhere, it just needs to be implemented? It's definitely there, and, and, and I think my Mellow has built the platform for it, it's ready to go, and, you know, as we're going to continue to present, present it to broadcasters mm -hmm. and show them its power, I think it's very good, because again, we're not branding ourselves as a, an app, we are actually the platform. So right. we're a digital asset management service, plug okay. and play for radio. So what does that, I mean, talk a little more about that because it sounds pretty interesting. Like, yeah. what does that mean for a radio station? It means now you can actually monetize with somebody else handling everything back end for you. You can save money on, on your IT services and you have real tech people actually bringing the kind of product to you that mm -hmm. people are going to engage in, giving you real-time data to show why people are engaging or not engaging, right. why when you ran this ad or played this song did people leave or stay, and, and helping with all the different social media aspects, music sharing and everything that all the streaming companies do, except you are free. People want to go on your website. Right. And you'll get them to spend money by buying products that mm -hmm. you'll get mm. the revenue for. That makes a lot of sense. All right, I like it. Sounds interesting. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Thanks Thank for coming you. on. Thank Any you. final words for everyone? Hey, I'm, I'm a huge believer in radio. One thing I love about my Mellow is their passion to kind of reinvigorate radio and bring it up to the digital space. And 
I hope it stays around forever. We've never lost, right? right. I mean, yeah, the CD it, to, it'll be it'll be here. It'll Nothing be here forever as long as there's cars, there's radios, and I hope these companies continue to grow and do a great job, and people really get the experience I got out of 20 years of broadcast. Totally. It's fun. It's music. It's good people. See students that make it. Gotta <laughs> love it. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Riz. I really thanks appreciate so much, it. Dan. Appreciate um, me. And take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi everyone, this is Dan Tellerico, uh, live from the 2017 radio show, and today I have Roger Harris with me. Roger, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what you do here at the radio show? Uh, Dan started in the business in 1978, started out on the air, uh, needed pizza and beer money, so I okay, uh, got right. in the radio business. I was really trained to be a teacher, uh, had a teaching degree. Do you still need pizza and beer money? I do, I still, that never ends, <laughs> I always need that. Uh, we... Um, Grew up in in the in the business uh, on air. Uh, mm-hmm. Eventually got into sales because I realized that all the sales guys drove better cars than me. Right. So uh, eventually did that. Eventually became general manager at about 1985. We only had one station, and we now have five. And it's in South Central Oklahoma, and owned by actually Oklahoma's largest employer, the Chickasaw Nation. Mm-hmm. We sold them the stations about right. 20 years ago. And so it's been a long, uh, glorious career. <laughs> right. And here you are at the radio here show. So you're on the board? I got elected to the uh, National Association of Broadcasters Board of Directors. Right. Uh, part of that stemmed out of my involvement with the state association, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters. We have a very strong state association. And I was on that board for about 16 years. And then this guy standing to my left. Bill Coleman. He, Bill Coleman the, from uh, Ponca <laughs> City. He uh, had termed out, he had uh, been on the NAB board for about six years, and he said, you know what, you ought to think about getting on the NAB board, maybe do something to uh, help the industry, as we Mm -hmm. all should do. We all are here to help the industry grow and get better. Absolutely. So I did, I got elected, and here I am. Wow. So the show itself, how do you feel like it is, one, helping the industry, and how has it changed over time to kind of adapt to the changes in the industry? Well, I've been coming to the radio show for over 20 years, and it has changed dramatically, Mm -hmm. thanks mostly to new technologies. We have a lot of things that weren't even uh, on the horizon 25 years ago. Uh, A lot of vendors, a lot of people offering services that I couldn't even comprehend 25 (laughs) years ago. So it certainly has changed a lot. It's adapted to the new technologies. Uh, but still, we have just some basic things we have to see here. You know, we still have to have a transmitter, mm-hmm. or at least some people do. Right. If you're going to be terrestrial radio. So there's some basic services we still like to see and be a part of, and they still have to be here. But it's great to see these new exciting technologies, new exciting services uh, to help, once again, help the industry grow and adapt to change. So what do you think is would shock you the most if you went back in time 20 years and said, this is what's happening in radio? that you wouldn't believe, what do you think that would be? I think the internet changed Mm. everything so dramatically. Uh, I couldn't comprehend email. I mean, now (laughs) email is vital. Right. Uh, The internet is vital to our entire operation, and it's so funny that, you know, 25 years ago we didn't have it. Now, if the internet drops out for 30 minutes, everybody panics. Right. We're so dependent on it, but it's it's been very advantageous to doing things more quickly, to uh, be able to 
send commercials uh, all the way around Man. the world. Used to, when you got a new Pepsi commercial, it came from an agency on a reel-to-reel tape by FedEx. Right. Now you can get that commercial instantly. So mm-hmm. it's it's made it better in so many ways. Of course, the Internet also has brought new challenges to us, digital broadcasting and uh, serious radio right. and things that are digital that, that has certainly changed our industry as well. Challenges are opportunities. That's what they say. I'm an old guy, so new changes uh-huh. are hard for me sometimes to adapt to. But it is a very exciting world we live in. Cool. Nowadays. Well, thank you, Roger. You put on a great show here, and uh, keep up the great work. On behalf of the NAB, we're happy to have you here. Great. Thank you. All right, uh, hi everyone. Uh, this is Dan Tallarico here from the radio show floor again, and I have two great guests with me. They're sharing a microphone. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Sean McBride. I'm a business productivity person. I help successful private business owners build companies that stand the test of time by executing business plans that work for their business. Mm, very succinct. I like that. Hi, I'm Shannon Gregg. I am a head of business development operations, and I help sales teams learn how to be more productive. All right, now that is like a topic that's like near and dear to our hearts here at Matrix Solutions. We're all about efficiencies, giving back people time, and you know, helping media salespeople use technology to basically work smarter, right? Um, So what are you guys doing here at the radio show? Are you guys like kind of talking about that kind of stuff? I know you guys have a a book about time management as well you guys put together. Yes, we wrote a book called It's About Time, Mm -hmm. and the radio show asked us to speak about time management because that's one of the things they're seeing in the industry is people are feeling more and more time pressure. They're feeling they got committing demands. Obviously, the radio market has been changing over Mm -hmm. time, and because of that, people are feeling like they're just out of time. They've got increasing job demands, more and more to do, so they wanted us to come in and talk to the audience about really what they can do to manage their time better to be better at their jobs. And what's kind of like contributing to that pressure and like that, that feeling of like crunch? Is it just they have to do more with less, they have to be selling more, they're selling more a variation of stuff? Right, what we're hearing is as the industry's evolving, a lot of people are asked to take on additional responsibilities. Years ago, you might have just been able to be an on-air personality right. or just be a producer. Now you need to be a producer, plus you need to sell. You right. need to go out in the market and do things. So people are getting extra layers of responsibility uh-huh. and multiple areas of responsibility. One of the, one of the people that we spoke with at, during the session was saying that they've got you know 12 or 15 leads at a time to qualify. So the volume right. is increasing. You know, 10 years ago, somebody might have had a couple leads to deal with in a given uh-huh. day. Now they've got a lot of leads right. to deal with in a couple of day, in a day. Awesome. And anything to add to that, Shannon? Or I think one of the things that we're seeing now is that the method of social selling has put increased pressure on people right. who aren't used to selling this way. Uh-huh. So they're learning to manage their time in different different ways with different methods. And that's one of the things that we keep seeing continually from our audiences. How do I be productive in the right. face of new selling methodology? Right. And that's like, so how does, there's definitely like education that needs to happen, right? Where's the education come from? Is it like the manager who doesn't have time, right, to, to do this kind of stuff? Or is it like self-improvement or like what's, where do you think like the best 
case scenario is for that? That's such a good question, and there's such a proliferation of available content out there on yeah. how best to sell, how to attack your market, social selling tips, how to use LinkedIn. And I think what the best way to attack this from a team perspective is to identify everybody's strengths and play mm -hmm. to those. Mm -hmm. So at your next team meeting, the sales manager may bring everybody in and say, Michael, you're really good at prospecting. Can you give us some of your tips? Right. Sean, you're very good at following up on contracts that are out. Can you give us some tips? Mm -hmm. And using that sort of crowdsourced way of figuring out who does what best and modeling that throughout the team is a great way to mind share. Right. Yeah, and the other thing that we hear from our audience is there's a lot of frustration with the standard time management solutions. You know, get a book, get right. a trainer to come in and talk about time management. Companies have tried this a time and time again. You really need to stop and do an assessment. That could be a very easy exercise to do. Get an outside person to come in, give it a fresh set of eyes. From there, it might be handing it back off to the management team saying, we've looked at your team, you've got these strengths and weaknesses, you can start right, doing right, these right. programs, or you can build something customized. If the, if the management's out of time, you, know, you bring in an outside person to do the training. The answer is going to depend on the organization and where they are in their development. How do you make something like that stick, right? Because it's so easy to go to a, the radio show and go to a session about time management um, and hear you guys talk about best practices, but yeah. how do you make that stick with someone? Or like, how do you, does that something need to happen in the organization where it's like mandatory? Like you have to block out your calendar, uh, calendars, you have to take time? There, like, there needs to be a commitment to put time into it, right? We talk yeah. about individual time solutions, but if you know as an organization you have a time management issue, if that's something that's coming up, yeah you are going to have to put time and resources into it, something you're going to have to make a commitment to, and it's not going to be a one-shot solution. Any person that comes in there and tells you you can buy this magic book or this one-time training and suddenly have amazing time management skills, they're, they're, they're selling you a bill of goods. You really need to work on this over time, and it's going to take some developmental work. Totally. I think the other thing that's really important is covering what's in it for me. So anytime you roll out something brand new to a team How of people. How will make me money? <laughs> that's right. Where's my commission coming yeah. from? So if you can tie it back to what's important to the people that you're rolling it out to, that's going to help to make it stick. Right. Mandatory never works, uh -huh. but uncovering their personal value proposition usually so, does. So in, that, in like the case of sales, is it always like we will, this will increase your commission? Or do you find that is it like you get to do things you enjoy, right? You just, or like what, where do you see people are motivated by? Salespeople are definitely motivated by commissions, mm -hmm. but I think they also like quality of life, freedom, the ability to set their own schedule, and, and I think the thrill of something new, you know, the chase and the hunt. Right. So, so it's a little bit deeper than just commissions, but let's Good be honest, yeah. <laughs> every commission plan is there to drive behaviors. Uh -huh. Yeah, I think most sales organizations, everybody would love to get this more money in the same number of hours. Right. Yeah, what was very informative to me was about a year ago, I was sitting at a sales conference and somebody asked the question, who in the audience would work more hours for more money? And virtually no hands were raised. Uh -huh. Everybody wants to make more money in the same amount of time. Right. And that's what good time management will do for your organization. Right. Your employees can still go home, they can be motivated, they can want to come back to work again and again, lower uh, turnover in the employment, if they can figure out how to make more money in the same amount of time. Right. 
All right. Um, any other like thoughts as far as this applies to like sales or technology? Like, do you see technologies emerging that help or solve some of these problems? And I think that's critical. I think yeah. part of this is it's a it's a multifaceted thing. And and Shannon will talk about the golden triangle, which is one of the things she loves. And part of this is you've got to get your people, your processes, and your technology all in alignment with each other. So yeah. it's critical as you're examining this that you also go back and examine the underlying technology. Yeah. All right, let's hear about this golden triangle. I love the golden triangle. It's based on Harold Levitt's diamond, okay. and it's about people, process, and technology. So the who, the how, and the what. And I think what's the most important thing to re remember that most people forget is that technology has to enable the process. Right. So you don't implement technology and change the process at the same time because that's really challenging right. for people that's to handle. Like super disruptive. You got it. Right. And that goes back to that mandatory thing you were talking uh, about before. So right. technology is really great. We see some new emerging technologies coming, a lot of cool integrations between different sales technologies. AI is coming on the market. Totally, so yeah. sales, sales tech is a really exciting place yeah. to be right now. But I think what's important for the team is roll it out in chunks, make it consumable, and continue to show them the WIFM. Yeah, I mean, there's never been a better time to be in sales, right? Technology's out there to take away all the busy work and basically make you better salespeople. Right? Yes. I love it. All right, any parting words, or any last bits of wisdom? I think the key is, you know, if you're starting to identify an issue with your time management or your sales process, you really need to stop and think about it. And yeah. sometimes you can do that internally. A lot of times it's good to get an outside set of eyes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big process or a big imposition. It's just a matter of taking some time to think. And if you're out of time, bring in somebody, let them take a fresh set of, fresh look from a fresh set of eyes. You'll probably get some amazing insights on what you can do differently. My final tip is to be deliberate about scalability. Mm. So don't implement a change in process or technology now that may not fit your vision for your team five or 10 years from now. Right. Totally. All right, thank you, Sean and Shannon. And thanks to the background music here. It sounds like a, a young Johnny Cash. I love it. I love it. Only Thank awesome. you for having us, enjoyed yeah. it. Thanks a lot. Um, all right, hi everyone, I'm Dan Tellerico from Matrix Solutions, and I have a special guest here on the show floor of the radio show, John. Hi everybody, it's John Paris from Indy 88 Radio in Toronto, Ontario. All right, and so before coming on here, you were telling me there's nothing I could ask you that could possibly stump you about radio. I sure hope not. Okay, uh, but you, we are talking a little beforehand, you have an, an amazing uh, history in, in radio sales. Do you want to give us like a little background on what you've seen, experienced? Absolutely, Dan. Uh, in the 80s, I was a, early 80s, I was a retailer. Okay. In, and I had all the radio stations coming in. What were you selling? Hi-Fi, electronics. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. So it was natural to be on rock stations uh -huh. and doing live on-location remotes because yeah. it was a, a natural fit for the male audience. Mm -hmm. So I had all these radio stations coming in. I was doing newspaper layout and writing copy. Okay. And uh, one thing led to another, and they asked me, have you ever thought of coming over to the dark side? Wow. 
So I crossed the street and went into radio, and, and as opposed to waiting for people to come in to our store with, biz, with money for uh -huh. our business, right. I had to go and do the opposite and go into retailers looking to get their business. And you never looked back? Absolutely not. <laughs> so it must, have been, it must have went really well for you then. Yes, it did. Uh -huh. Yeah, it was uh, it was successful in all the different genres of music as well. Whether you're selling rock radio or country or adult contemporary, yeah. there's always going to be a story. And I learned at a young age in the business to utilize the three R's, which is reach, get your customers and your audience together, right. repetition using frequency campaigns, right. 13 weeks or more, uh -huh. and relevance, having compelling creative. If you do those three R's, radio will be a success every time. And so do you think that still holds true today? Or has it changed? Is there a fourth R or another letter? No, there's there's a fourth medium called digital. Uh -huh, but, okay, but yeah. it was primarily television, print, radio. Right. But to your point, to your question, those three R's are still the same today. Uh -huh. If you ever, as an account manager, go into a retail place of business and he says he tried radio once and it didn't work, Dollars to do Donuts, one of those R's wasn't worth Yeah, totally. If he had done all three R's, it would have been right. a success. So you've been in the industry for, you said, 30 years? Sadly, okay. yes. Uh, 30 so great years. What has changed like most recently? Like, what is so different nowadays, and how have you adapted to continue to find success? Well, I spoke this morning, and it was about being a sales consultant and operating in a level one through a level four area. Level one, you're either a rookie or you're mailing it in. Uh -huh. Level three and four, you're a superstar breathing rarefied air. Right. Here's what's changed. I now have a team of baby boomers and millennials. Right. The millennials don't pick up the telephone. Sure. And the baby boomers are learning to not use the phone because of the millennial <laughs> counterpart. Right. Right, but um, I cut my teeth in the business by using a phone to interrupt a retailer or a business person by saying, I have a great promotional opportunity for you right. that can put new footsteps in your store. Uh -huh. Could you meet next Tuesday to discuss it? Right. Why wouldn't I? Right? Free money. You can't do that online. Right. You can't do that in an email. Uh -huh. So that part of the business has changed. So it takes longer than to resonate and to cut through. Mm -hmm to get to somebody. Right. Now, you, I hear stories like that, and then I also hear a lot of people talking about social selling nowadays, right? Finding, reaching out to retailers or leads through Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter and using the social networks to kind of like color the pitch a little more. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's a great question. And uh, easiest way to answer that is say that the toolbox has more tools in sure, it. Sure, absolutely, right? You're right. still doing the same thing, I guess. You are, and when I referred a moment ago about level one being low, level four being great, well, a level four um, account manager operating with that tech, today's technology would have gone on LinkedIn uh -huh. and sent a request to connect. Sure, absolutely. And then he probably would have used a valid business reason for connecting, uh -huh. like I just said what I did yeah. on the phone, right, right. and has a scheduled meeting on both persons' outlook. Right. Right, so you you just have more tools in the toolbox. Right. You have to use them all, right? Absolutely. And you have to have a big bowl of patience, right? Because it takes longer. Totally, right? Yeah, it does. So, how are you kind of training teams nowadays to kind of sell in a modern fashion or, or use those tools? Probably the best way is to 
utilize the time the best mm -hmm. because there's a huge distraction called social media. Okay, I'm familiar. E even though, well, I know you are, <laughs> but what happens is they start writing a, an email to uh -huh. send to a client. Right. They get a ping. All right, totally. Right? And now they're distracted. And 20 minutes later, they're watching a chimpanzee in right. a circus it's on always, a bicycle. It's always a chimpanzee. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, sitting on a bear. But right. anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, um, your attention span can, right. can wander. Right? Absolutely. So you have to use these tools, you have to use social media, but you, you have to like almost close the door and dial right. down and drill down and be focused. Totally. Then you can go back to watching the chimpanzee. That's right. So for... Does that make sense? No, it totally does, right? Because it's funny, I think you were carrying a book, uh, but it's about time, right? Um, with yep. you, yeah, yes. from one of the sessions here. They were on right before you, actually, the last people recorded with, and it was that idea of time management. It's not a new idea. It's just you need to be more disciplined nowadays, right? You need to set aside time because there are distractions everywhere, and you still have to, at the end of the day, do the basic fundamental aspects of selling, uh, whether you like it or not, and you can't get distracted because it just messes up all your momentum, right? I'm gonna take a guess and say you're a millennial. Uh, great guess. Was it the glasses or the beard? Hipster. <laughs> okay. If the average person looks at their phone 150 times a day, uh -huh. you're higher. Right. I'm a baby boomer. I'm lower. Uh -huh. You could be off the charts at 300. I may be 75 to 100. Uh -huh. Right? So there's those distractions. Go way back to when we first started talking, and oh. I said I would pick up the phone and I would call a guy with uh -huh. a valid business reason to come out and see you, right? Yeah. I didn't have the internet. Uh -huh. I didn't have my screen going off. Right. I didn't even have my cell phone, uh -huh. right? Eventually, I worked up to that ugly big Motorola oh, yeah. brick phone. Those are beautiful. Or a flip, or a flip phone. Uh -huh. But there's so many distractions, it's hard to stay dialed in. Right. And at my speech this morning, I told everybody when I started, write down the letters W-I-I-F-M. And they, and these people who were just here even uh, said that they heard it mentioned this morning. W-I-I-F-M is exactly what people think when I start talking to them or when somebody starts making a presentation. Within seconds, you're wondering, what's in it for me? Right, yeah. You want to know, cut to the chase, what's in it for me? Uh -huh. So we have to, in today's age of 2017, get to the point so much faster. Right. The news anchors on television today have to be able to grab you it's headline city right yeah it's why you see headlines have become so important nowadays uh sometimes unfortunately so um so do you think like going forward do we like learn from this or does it just keep snowballing and we'd, we'd have to get quicker and quicker and move faster and faster or really like dial into what our value is as sellers like what does this industry look like in five ten years do you think well GAF is going to hit us somewhere along the way and be a major disruptor. Mm -hmm. GAF is Google, Amazon, okay. Apple, and Facebook. Right. Uh -huh. Right? Or as uh, the ad contrarian Bob Hoffman uh, says, GooBook. GooBook will hit us. Okay, yeah. And so radio will be disrupted mm -hmm. as we know it. Right. So do we have to try and go faster? 
Dan, at the end of the day, we can't, right? right? Most of us are going too fast now and not uh -huh. getting enough done. Totally, yeah. And we're, and we're distracted, mm -hmm. right? So somehow along the way, it's going to be less is more. Totally, you know? right? Uh, maybe we need less distraction. You're better off to to just do three things today really well right. than to have 23 things right. written down on your to-do list. So kind of following up on that, and I think this is something that no one I've met has agreed on yet. How do you make a sales team then with that in mind? Do you have a sales team that is selling both digital and traditional stuff? Or do you break them up and say, listen, you guys just sell digital, you just sell events, you just sell airtime. Like, what do you think is like the, the best way to handle that kind of stuff? Uh, yes to the above. Okay, great, perfect. <laughs> so uh, thanks for coming out. Yeah. What's gonna happen is, uh, in our team, we have seven people. They all sell broadcast. They all sell digital. Right. Guess what? The cream rises to the top. Uh -huh. So we've got some millennials that do digital better than some of the other people. Sure. Um, we're looking at having separate as well. Uh -huh. One digital specialist, for right. example. Um, it's still in its infancy stage. You know, uh, for us, we do 10% of our revenue in digital. The, the average is three to five. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a lot of digital. But right. uh, the future is an evolving process, and you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So we allow everybody to sell it. Yeah. And they have to present digital and broadcast every time. Absolutely. Not just where they think it's right. Yeah, I saw a stat recently that was uh, a study from Borel uh, put out that radio sellers are not offering digital, right? It's like they... It, that's not even included as an option. It's outside of their comfort zone, yeah, probably. right? Yeah. Uh, more so than any other vertical, which I thought was interesting, because I think they're poised in a really great position to sell that, um, because they've been selling impressions for a long time already, right? Through listeners and things like that. It just seemed like a natural evolution for them. Uh, you're absolutely right again, Dan, and, and good observation. Uh, I've sold, dig I've sold uh, combination radio stations, for example, mm. where you have a big big station and a really low performing station and the what happens is the buyer will only listen to you so long for the little station sure. and then they'll say get rid of it so the least path of resistance is you're only going to work on the big one right. and you're not going to you know bring out its ugly brother so what what happens is similar it's i don't feel comfortable selling digital this guy doesn't look like he's interested in digital sure. so we'll just talk broadcast right right one way to go about it all right, John, any final thoughts or parting words for the listeners out there? Radio is my passion. I've uh, been doing it for a long time. I believe in it. I know it works. It can be very successful. Good luck to everybody using it and embrace digital. All right, beautiful, beautiful words. Thank you very much, John. Thanks, Dan. And uh, stay tuned. Everyone, uh, this is Dan Tallarico from Matrix Solutions, and I have a special guest here on the radio show floor, uh, Deborah. Parenti, Deborah Parenti, Radio Inc. publisher and also publisher of RBR TVBR. All right, so you've been in this industry, the radio industry, for such a long time. Very long time. I came with Marconi. Okay, nice. And how have things changed in the past, and kind of what trends are you seeing emerging uh, in the industry nowadays? 
Well, over the past, obviously, we were a very one-to-one -one kind of a medium, and other, but mm -hmm. we talked one-to-one. -to -one. Right. Uh, today, it is a two-way conversation, right. um, both with radio as well as with its digital platforms, uh, just as um, society and technology has evolved, mm -hmm. radio has reflected a lot of those transitions mm -hmm. and evolutions. Um, but when it comes down to the core, radio still, and I think that Hurricane Harvey and what's going on in Florida as far as the weather situation is concerned are reflective of just how important and mm -hmm. how bottom line this medium is to it, the communities it serves. Totally. It's absolutely fundamental, right? Like it, it absolutely. is core to people's daily lives in so many ways that I think people just don't realize until maybe it's, I don't know, and you don't realize how important radio is until maybe it's not there anymore. I don't know, but it's always there. It's perfect. It's like that light switch. You don't pay any yeah. attention to it, but if it weren't there, you couldn't turn the lights right, on. Right, totally, right? Just this natural just like reaction to things right, right? It, just it has evolved it has to evolve we certainly have to well it's it obviously as you and i have discussed before it's about the content mm -hmm. the delivery of radio that's probably the one thing you ask what's changed mm -hmm. that's the one thing that's changed it's no longer about tubes and transmitters mm -hmm. just as it's no longer about spots and dots right. it's about content and everything else is, as far as new is concerned, is the difference in how we can deliver it. Right. Multiple ways of delivery. Now, obviously, we're recording a podcast right now. And I think that's something that has emerged recently when you talk about content is people are able to deliver very focused um, content to people, right? Whether it's about, Absolutely. like this podcast is about media sales. There's not many of those podcasts out there, um, few and far between, but you have everything from like super like uh, distilled sports podcasts or video games or fashion or things like that. Um, do you see that radio is kind of also heading in that direction of just like very specific niche content? Or like, how do you see those two kind of? I see a morphing into or an, an enhancement of what radio already does. For example, it's daily broadcast of a morning show. But then expanding on that, it's kind of like after the big dinner, everybody's sitting around the table in separate conversations. Right. We peel off. The morning show may peel off to do a podcast to expand on something they were talking about that morning uh -huh. um, or something totally different. But it allows, it enables us then to have these other conversations going on after we've done the broad general one. Totally, right? And so how are people having those conversations? Is it just, is it, like, how, is it through social media? Is it, like, how are they kind of extending those? Well, they're listening to podcasts, obviously. Uh -huh. they're down, a lot of people are downloading yeah. their own specific content that they're interested in listening to, as well as, um, as you mentioned, they're, um, they're, they're using social media right. to go viral with some of these oh, yeah. conversations, whether it's on Snapchat or Twitter or uh -huh. Facebook or whatever. But there's an expansion and enhancement of a lot of this. Now, as someone that covers the industry, how have you had to change the way you like Radio Inc. is covering stuff over the years? Um, are you guys doing more audio kind of format stuff or digital or how are you kind of changing along the industry? Well, we find a lot of clients that today want to do webinars to mm. help maybe more instructive and or podcasts. Right. Um, so we get into those areas as well as our traditional print 
publication right. and our online newsletter and website. You know, right. the traditional, the, which, isn't it interesting? Websites have become very traditional oh, now. Oh, like so normal to have a, it's weird when you don't have a website. Right, but we also then do like online interviews like that are, that you can, that are recorded interviews. So yeah. we do a lot more audio wise mm -hmm. in so far as how we report and what we report about. Obviously covering also more of those audio aspects right. so that we, again, we're talking about various platforms on which radio is delivered. Mm -hmm. So we also use those platforms right. ourselves to help deliver mm -hmm. the news and the information Absolutely. about the industry. It'd be, it'd be wild not to, right? right? They're out there, your audience is there, find a way to, to get that information there. Um, so at the radio show, I mean, have, what has been the most exciting thing you've seen here or heard? What kind of trends do you see kind of going on? I see and hear a lot about people going back to talking about the value proposition. Um, now, this is from the radio industry side insofar as this is a sales and marketing convention, right. conference, and people are interested in sales and marketing here. So they're looking for better ways to maximize the value proposition, right. get away from the commodity proposition. That's what you're hearing in the hallways a lot mm -hmm. about. We've got to go back to establishing or reestablishing and reinforcing the value of the medium. And again, um, not looking that for tragedies to, to, to reinforce this, but the truth of the matter is, I think things like the hurricane and the weather situations that we've been experiencing help uh, validate that even more right, so. Right. That there's great value to what totally. we do and how we serve communities. Yeah. As far as some of the excitement's concerned, you see, I heard um, our chairman just mention, wow, I'm seeing a lot of names. He has not been here for three years. Uh -huh. I've seen names I have not seen for a while or not seen at all. There's a lot of excitement in so far as there are vendors that are, that are coming, a lot of them digital right. vendors, that are coming to radio and the radio show uh -huh. to help showcase their products and their yeah. services that help enhance radio. Right. I think that is very telling, looking at the vendors and how unique each one is from the other and how right. they're all trying to solve very, very different problems. And the beer that Matrix is serving, uh. by the way, is certainly a plus here. Right, yes, thank you for we th saying We so. thank you for that. No, yeah. great, 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 great corner booth here, um, right, right where everybody, a lot of traffic and everything totally. like that. And uh, It's just our way to give back, right? A little R&R. &R. And you know radio, yeah. they love, they they love, love their, to see a give back. Yes, right, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. I really appreciate it. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, just that I, th I think that, again, um, we need to reinstill, reinvigorate the power and the passion of the medium. I think people such as your, your company, Matrix, mm -hmm. has a lot of solutions toward that end. Um, and I just hope that uh, next year we continue to see people on that track and maybe we find ourselves in a little more, shall I say, valuable um, point work. I think so. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, hi everyone, this is Dan Tallarico from Matrix Solutions. I'm um, here at the radio show, and I have Callie with me today. Callie, if you want, I thought we were talking a little bit about digital and everything, and you um, 
know a lot. You have a huge <laughs> well of experience. I thought it'd be awesome to have you on here. So well, you want to give a little bit about your background, what you do, and we'll sure. kind of just like kind of dip into like the digital conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Callie. I'm from Pensacola, Florida, with a small radio station group um, out of Pensacola, just two stations, mom and pop. Um, but we cover the entire Gulf Coast, so it's a big area to cover. But I was talking about, um, you know, radio and digital. We kind of talked about yeah. how it's difficult because digital is so targeted and you're looking for that specific mm -hmm. audience while radio hits the masses. So right. how do you kind of combine the two? And we're just starting to dip our toes in, like you said, you know, just starting to kind of figure out where we want to be mm -hmm. digitally. Being mom and pop, we don't have all the necessary, you know, tools that all these, right. you know, big radio station groups have. So we're trying to find, you know, what's going to be our niche and what's going to be a good right. fit for us. So what have you been like, so are you selling digital like on your website then? As of right now, we've got um, website banner ads, we've got social, mm -hmm. um, we're doing a little bit of SEO, SEM, but just okay. barely jumping into it, kind of exploring kind of, you know, with the clients that have been with us for a while, like, hey, let's kind of try this out for you, you know, yeah. see what works. Um, but it's just, you know, there's so much out there with digital right now. We're just kind of learning what, you know, works right. and what works well with radio. Very well, but we're finding socials really where we're finding our so best social. Right like, now. What, how are you selling social? Is it just like um, um, posts right. on? Like, explain that process. A little yeah, bit. as of right now, we add it to our campaign. So they'll buy the traditional radio campaign, and we'll have a promotional, you know, thing going on. Whether it's a giveaway or it's a, you know a discount coupon or there's a special event coming up. So we'll tie it into what they're advertising mm -hmm. on the radio, and usually as a sponsored ad or a boosted post. Okay. We try to keep our boosted post more of a, you know, natural sounding kind of invite out to a local event or something like that. Right. Sponsored ad is a little bit more salesy, mm -hmm. you know, that they're trying to give an offer, or, you know, yeah. discount or something. Okay. So, and how are like your clients like measuring success of that, right? Like, what's bringing them back, and um, how, what do you, what kind of stats are you delivering to them, right? Is it just impressions, or what do they want to hear? Um, right now, it, on the social, you know, you're seeing the engagements, they're seeing right. the impressions, the reach, and everything like that. And then if they're seeing the numbers, you know, say there's twenty five thousand impressions on their ad, but how many of those are actually coming in and actually taking sure, advantage like of that conversions, offer? right? Right, conversions. Uh -huh. Yeah, what's actually coming in? bringing them through the brick and mortar, you know, for example, an orthodontist office, how many people are coming in for that consultation right. appointment, finding out, hey, we need braces. Right. So I need my wisdom teeth out. Right. Exactly. Uh -huh. Exactly. So if they're seeing people, you know, come in, they're hearing the phones ring, they're saying, hey, you know what, right. we're running that campaign right now with the radio station. That seems to be working. Mm -hmm. And so they see the interactions on the post on Facebook, they're hearing it on air, it's right. kind of all kind of coming together. So, so. do you see that... Um, like this stuff works best when it's paired with like a with radio ads and everything. I, absolutely, I think it, they go hand in hand together. I mean, it's everything that's been you know talked about in this conference. Radio and digital, they talk to each other and they work really totally, well together. Right? You know, alone they're okay, but together oh, they're they super amplify powerful. each other, yeah, right? Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. I heard somebody call it. Um, they called digital narrowcasting and radio's broadcasting. Oh, okay, you combine yeah. the two. Right. You're in a winning area. You're ultra casting. <laughs> yeah, at there that you go. Point. I love it. <laughs> so, like, internally, uh, do you have sellers then that are just selling, like, traditional advertising? And how do you guys work together? Um, that's actually the interesting dynamic we're trying to work out right now because obviously we have the senior sellers that are in there that have sold traditional radio or yeah. traditional advertising for so long and don't know the digital side of things. Meanwhile, I've came in and I know digital and I've kind of learned digital since the beginning, you know, back in college and everything right. like that. So we're kind of combining the two. The senior sellers don't really want to learn digital, but they know that they need to get into it if they're going to stay right. competitive. Uh -huh. um, so I kind of assist the senior sellers. I 
help you know them understand where they're coming from, and I go with them to their okay, clients yeah. and kind of help from the digital side while they do the traditional and kind of work as a team. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's something I've been asking people the whole the whole show is like, what is those what do those team makeup look like? Sure. I think like that kind of hybrid approach yeah. is great because you guys each have your specialties and you can sure. work, work together work to right? each other's strengths exactly yeah exactly awesome. i totally agree so you're doing digital stuff where do you guys draw the line as far as like you're doing facebook now we do like twitter and, right or, like what like we start doing marketing services you're doing sure. some sem and seo now right yeah and we're expanding you know we're talking about expanding how we do emailing campaigns and we, you know we talked about in the session the other day how you can you know do fun quizzes and how those can mm, become right. a thing that people can opt in for further emails from you know services right. or photo contests so there's so many different ways digital can be you know presented that we're trying to find you know what a good fit it is right now and so we've been talking about the entire show trying to say okay what's going to be our niche and we're trying to find you know three to five things that we can really hone in on in the next couple of months and be okay find yeah. what works and then kind of expand from there. Because if you don't, I mean, you really what? You end up as like an agency in some ways, right? right? I mean, and that's something we've talked about. Like, how, how do we, you know, turn what our radio stations are without becoming an agency? Or do we actually kind of take on what is right. an agency's job typically and almost become our own? Right. So that's, it's kind of something we've looked at, and be, but we don't want to, you know, cannibalize our local agencies that we sure, work so well right. with. That's a very delicate so, relationship, right. and I think that's a struggle a lot of people are finding, right? Because right. as you offer more services, you end up competing with these agencies right. you've worked with for years, right? Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly what we're running to, into. So it's an interesting, you know, time in the world right now to kind of figure out how it's going to be and what it's going to be the next, you know, six months, year, right. five years. It's, it's, it's completely nuts. Change. Well, you have a good head on your shoulders. I think you're on the right path, and so keep up the great work. Awesome. Thank you so uh -huh. much. Thanks I appreciate your time. No problem. which you have heard me um, all this episode talking to people. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I think it was awesome to talk to a variety of people from the show floor there. I think there's just a lot of stuff happening in the industry, a lot of things to keep an eye on, a lot of really great solutions out there, great technologies, um, and also a lot of challenges that we need to kind of overcome as an industry. So I hope you found it very insightful, and thanks for listening. Uh, it really means a lot. Tell your friends. Feel free to follow us on social media. Uh, reach out to us. MatrixMedia.com is our website. And um, keep up the great work. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. <laughs>